Who will start for Utah football against the Florida Gators in week one of the college football season? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Newts your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash College. Terms and conditions apply. And once again, thank you for LinkedIn Jobs for sponsoring this episode. And we'll hear a little bit more about LinkedIn Jobs a little later in the show. My name is JC Wooster, so former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about some recent recruiting bumps. Utah landed the best pass rusher in the state of Utah in the class of 2024. We're going to be talking about that in our second segment. Also talk about the Florida Gators officially naming Graham Mertz their starter and what that means against Utah. But first, we got to start with the Utah quarterback situation um, because it continues to just be kind of complicated in the most murky aspect of this team. And uh, first, we have to start with the very unfortunate news that uh, – Brandon Rose took a hit in the team scrimmage last week and was injured. He went to the hospital, but was released, um, expected to make a full recovery based on what was posted um, on Instagram about that. And uh, just first off, of course, prayers up to Brandon for a speedy recovery and everything that goes. And this is always the scary aspect of football in general, right? Just the, the injury risk and everything that goes along with it. And um, yeah, just happy that he's okay. We still don't know exactly what happened. There's because of the way this all came out, right? It was an Instagram post and then, you see some of the reporters and everyone tweeting about it a little bit, but it's just, I mean, we're not going to know until Kyle Whittingham speaks to media on Tuesday. And then this will come the episode after that I record will come out on Wednesday reacting to that. We won't really know what to make of like what happened with Brandon and everything. Cause we weren't there and we haven't heard just from directly from people who were there. All we have is the Instagram post and all, but the most important thing is Brandon is all right. That is what matters most. But based on some of the stuff we're hearing and how severe it was, there is a chance he will miss the week one opener as well. So this makes the quarterback situation as affects Utah even more complicated, right? Because from what we've heard about Cam, he's last week, he was in the same spot as he was the week before. So he's kind of at a state. He's still just kind of in his recovery, like going at it the right pace. It sounds like everything's okay, but it once again, just makes it more of a true game time decision, which is always what Witt thought it was going to be throughout this whole process. He's the one who said it's going to be a game time decision. Cam's always said he's going to play against Florida. And honestly, I still believe Cam is going to be just to answer the question. Like, who is, which quarterback is going to start the season opener. If I had to guess, I still think it's going to be Cam just for all the reasons I've talked about. We've seen Cam throw out there to the guys as well. Is he ready to take a hit if the game was right now? Probably not, but I just think in these next two weeks lead up to the game, I think he's going to get to that point, and I think he's going to get out there, and I think he's going to be close to that 85%, 90% where he's going to be good enough to play. They'll feel comfortable putting him out there, and I should say like 80 95% to like what 80 to 90% of what he is going to be health wise or just in general competitive wise. I don't expect like if there's, if there's a risk for him to like re-injure or anything like that, it's really high. They're not going to play in the first game. We know that, but I think he's in a good spot with his recovery. And I, like I said, I don't, I'm not overreacting to reports that look that he's just kind of in the, he's doing the same thing as he did last week right now. And it's why the QB position is in flux overall. Right. And uh, we've heard even before that there was some new complicated measures to this overall, because we heard that Bryson Barnes, he's been 
kind of back in the race for quarterback too, right? Josh Furlong just reported a quote from Wit last week where just talked about what Bryson Barnes does. He's just making less mistakes. He knows the offense better than the other two. He's a little more consistent, a little more steady. The other two guys have bright futures, can make some spectacular plays here and there, but it's all about taking care of the football and moving the chains. Um, so Bryson seems right now like it would be him if Cam is not able to go. And before the unfortunate injury happened to Brandon, which once again, we still don't know exactly what everything happened, the timeline, all of that. It sounds like Brandon was back in the fold, and I still think had a really good chance to to beat quarterback two overall. And uh, and obviously Nate Johnson's in this race as well. Nate's going to take snaps against Florida, I think, whether it's him lining up as the being like being the quarterback or just them using him in ways like they did in the Pac-12 championship game when he caught a pass, all that. I just have a hard time believing they won't put Nate out there because when he's running the football, especially, and just because of the threat he is running the football, then what you can also do in terms of the passing game as well, you want to have him on the field, but you just, you hear like the less mistakes and all that is why Bryson has the edge. And I think that makes a lot of sense uh, overall in general. So I like Nate's, you know, Nate's still developing Brandon, unfortunately with the injury, we don't know what's going to happen there, but Bryson right now, if Cam couldn't go, seems like he would be the guy. And uh, I, I know I've seen a lot of Utah fans on social media who are really disappointed in that. The fact that Bryson Barnes could be the starting quarterback in the week one against the Florida game. And look, I get it in terms of does Bryson Barnes make the spectacular wild plays. He's not the, the recruits that Brandon Rose and Nate Johnson are. No, he's none of those things, but Bryson Barnes has been really good for Utah football in live game situations. I hope Nate Johnson can be that. I hope Brandon Rose can be that when he gets that opportunity. I don't, I don't know that about them, right? They're high recruits. I, I think they're going to be really good, but we're not a practice every day. And I do trust coach Witt and Andy Ludwig and all that to run the system here. And Bryson Barnes is a really good backup. Like, let's not forget that. Yes. Bryson Barnes is not the future starter of Utah football in 2024, 25, all that things that Brandon Rose and Nate Johnson will have chances to be right. But he's a really good backup quarterback. And I think so often with recruiting and everything, you always want to see the younger guy with the high upside, get the start right away. But the most important thing is winning football games right now. And if the coaches feel that Bryson Barnes gives them the best chance to do that, I absolutely trust their judgment on this. And not just because like I like Bryson Barnes personally, it's just like, it's what we've seen when he's gotten in games, right? Let's go back to the Rose bowl against Ohio state. The first time we ever saw him to step in, in a moment, in a situation like that and deliver timely and clutch throws like the one to Dalton Kincaid for the touchdown, just to guide Utah to a touchdown in that key critical moment in the situation shows me you got it. You got it. Like you're capable of coming in that moment and executing as part of a team overall and making those big time throws and big time plays. Now I'm sure a number of you may have already paused this video to, to comment to me and say, well, what about this most recent Rose Bowl? And you're right. He wasn't spectacular in that. Guess what? No one on Utah football was. The only reason Utah was even in that game is because of how dang good Cam Rising was. Think about all the plays Cam made, escaping pressure, running around, buying time, uh, just throwing it up to things. And then Vele gets bailed out on the pass interference because the guy runs into him. Like, those are things that happen. Cam uh, being able to move the chain, scrambling like he does. Utah was in that game because of Cam Rising because Cam, in my opinion, is one of the 10 best quarterbacks in college football and at the bare minimum, one of the top 15, in my opinion. I, like I said, he's a top 10 guy for me with all the special plays and the abilities he has. And I agree with what Kyle Whittingham said uh, and Max Chadwick with the interview with him where he said, we're we, we like our guys more than everyone talking about Cam rising as well. I would like Cam over any, everyone too. If I was in that locker room with Cam, Cam's the kind of leader you rally around. Is Cam the best college football quarterback in the country? I, I would say no as an overall, like just objective observer. I'm like, okay, these are the throws that the top guys can make. I don't know if Cam can necessarily do that, but like just as a leader and what he's meant for this team, like that's a guy you rally behind. That's the guy you kind of guy you fight for, right? So like if you're in the locker room, coaches, players, all that, of course they're going to say it. And if I was in that locker room, I'm sure I'd be saying the same thing because Cam seems like the kind of guy you'd want to run through a brick wall for. But once again, that's just the difference, right? Brandon uh, Bryson Barnes comes in in the 20, 
uh, 22 Rose Bowl, right? And he is just, he's a catalyst. He's part of the, or maybe catalyst is the wrong word, but like he's a part of the system. He's a part of the reason Utah is successful. Cam Rising was the reason Utah was successful in the first half of the 23 Rose Bowl. In the 22 Rose Bowl, when Bryson came in, the offensive line was ex executing. Uh, Dalton Kincaid was getting open. Like all these things were happening for Utah's offense. Everyone was playing well. When Bryson came in against Penn State, no one was really playing that well. The offensive line was getting beat up. Receivers were struggling to separate the run game. We weren't able to get it going. So that's where Bryson Barnes is a very good backup. He is not capable of putting this team on his back and making these un unreal throws and praise and uh, escaping pressure and buying time. That's not his game. But if guys are open, he can hit them. And he's very capable of you know getting your making the right checks at the line of scrimmage, doing all those kind of things that um, you need your quarterback to do overall. So look, I know Bryson, as I said, He's not, for lack of a better word, the sexiest quarterback in terms of highlight plays, the special things he can do. But Utah's won games with him, and that was a very hard game, too, for a lot of quarterbacks to go in the situation in which he won against Washington State last year. I just don't, I think there's not a lot of call backups in college football who could have won that game overall for Utah in that spot or just in the Pac 12, I'll say. Are there, like a lot of backup quarterbacks I'm talking about, like Oregon State would have loved to have Bryson Barnes last year, obviously, right? So that's just to me where I think a lot of people take Bryson Barnes for granted. And I absolutely think Utah can beat Florida with Bryson Barnes in because, once again, Bryson doesn't need to be the reason this team wins. He can just be part of the reason while everyone else also plays well because I do believe Utah is a better roster than Florida does overall. So it's going to be something that's fun and interesting to keep watching and monitoring. But once again, if Bryson starts game one, do not panic. This Utah offense can be fine because they've been fine in the past we're going to come back in a second and be talking about some of the key recruits that utah picked up last week and just in general talk about some of the talent that's going to be coming to utah that currently plays high school football in the state of utah we're going to be discussing that in one moment but first I want to talk to you guys about our friends at linkedin talent solutions these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Make sure you guys go over and add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experiences so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's my small business rate LinkedIn Jobs. Number one, delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. It's super Super easy to set up your LinkedIn jobs post so you guys can get started right away and find some of the best qualified candidates out there. And you can find the ones that you want to talk to faster too by going to LinkedIn jobs where you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. All caps, no spaces to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do uh, apply. All righty. Coming back into this one, let's talk recruiting. We haven't been able to talk recruiting in a while, and Utah's been doing really good on the recruiting trail because. Obviously, there's some pretty crazy stuff that happened for uh, the future of Utah football and conference realignment when uh, they landed Isaiah Garcia, who we are going to talk about in a second. We're just, we're just going to talk about uh, Salt Lake Corner Canyon or Utah Corner Canyon, basically, like because the Corner Canyon high school football team has a bunch of future Utes on it. And it's really exciting at this time. And high school football actually season actually just got underway. And man, did Corner Canyon take care of business recently. So uh, it's uh, just incredible all the talent they have down there. But let's talk about recruiting. So Utah landed Cash Dillon, the three-star edge defender, 6'6", 220, the top edge rusher or just pass rusher in the state of Utah based on the 2024 class rankings on 24-7 sports. This is a big get for Utah, in my opinion. When you look at Dylan, you're talking about an uber-athletic guy. I already like the way he uses his hands. I think his ability to rush the quarterback could translate quickly to the next level. I'm not saying he's going to come to Utah in 24 and get sacks right away, but I think this is a guy, and by the time he gets to 25, could be getting sacks and getting pressure up at Rice Eccles Stadium just because of what a fluid athlete he is, how well-versed he is in all of his different moves and what he's trying to do 
and just the kind of guy that I really like rushing off the edge. I think he can set the edge as well in the run game, uh, needs to add a little bit of strength. And that's why I mentioned 24 potentially being like a red shirt year for him to add that strength and gain it a little bit, but he's already got the speed. He's got the athleticism, got the bends, like the way he uses hands. And he's been going against because he plays in what was once region four, now region three, he's been going against some of the top high school football players in the state of Utah for the past few years. Guys like Sky Ridge has two division one offensive tackles on their roster. He's been going against those guys in game in game settings and situations for the past couple of years. Like he's a guy who's going to be ready to come into college. And it's not like, oh, he was feasting on weaker opponents. No, he was not. He had to get sacks against some of the top offensive linemen in the state of Utah. And as those of you who know who follow Utah high school football, there's a lot of really talented offensive linemen and just in general, a lot of talented high school football players in this state. So that's why I really like Dylan. Overall, I definitely think that, you know, he's only three star. I think by the time he's not going to get elevated to a four star more than likely, I don't understand all the ins and outs of the 24, like the three, the four, like what exactly makes a guy to this level or that level. Or if he's, in, he's on the cusp, how he becomes a four star, kind of like how Spencer Fano, I think he was able to, I think it was Fano was almost like a four star pushing a five star. Now that I'm trying to think back on it. So either way, I don't know all the ins and outs on that, but I think Dylan's the classic Utah guy who could be a steal. Because of those special athletic traits I mentioned, all the things he can do. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited. I think this is a great get for Utah. And this is what we all were hoping would happen, right? When we knew Cash Dillon, uh, Utah had always been interested in Dillon. Utah had always been interested in Isaiah Garcia. Utah had always been interested in Isaac Wilson. Then Garcia uh, transfers in and you're thinking, okay, let's hope all of these guys who play on one high school now just want to come 25 minutes up the road into the city and play, like stay by their friends and family and play at Rice Eccles State. And that's what we we're all hoping for, right? And that's what Utah's done now because Isaiah Garcia, of course, is also coming. And I know we talked about him a little bit in the past, but I don't think we gave him enough credit for what a special player Garcia is. This guy is a 6'5", 280, a four-star. He is 24-7's top-ranked player in the class of 2024 in the state of Utah. And it's easy to see when you turn on the tape, right? I mean, just a dominant force. Just a bulldozes everyone in front of him. When you talk about need movement in the run game, he can do it all. He's an exceptional athlete, too. You need him to get over a gap. He can do that. Get push up to the second level. Can meet guys in space as well. I think the screen game is something with Jaquindon Jackson and Makai Bernard's shifty ability is something I would love to see Utah utilize even more this year than maybe they used last year. And just more going forward in general. And that's something where Garcia, I think, could be a valuable contributor to this team overall. Just the thought of Garcia and Fano on each side protecting the blind side of whether it's Nate Johnson, Brandon Rose, or even Isaac Wilson really excites me because those are the two of the top tackles we've seen come out of the state in the last three years. And I, I think they're both just elite dynamic players in both the run game and in pass protection too. I mean, Garcia, I mentioned it, 6'5", 280. You're not bull rushing that. You're not getting through that at the high school level. He's only going to continue to add that strength and be able to do it at the college level as well. Very sound in his technique too. Short stoppy chaps, strong hands, keeps him inside too. So I'm a huge fan of Garcia's game. I think he's a beast, a mauler. Just someone who is a huge addition for Corner Canyon's roster just in general. I think it's just another reason that they should be the favorite to win the state championship because of all the talent they have currently accumulated on their roster in totality. But yeah, Garcia is just, like I said, a beast. He's everything you want in an offensive lineman. He absolutely deserves to be ranked as the top player in the state overall. And it's uh, really exciting that Utah is getting him to go along with uh, Cash Dillon as well. And of course, with this thing of Dillon and Garcia both coming to Utah, the first domino to fall in that was Isaac Wilson, right? Like they're not committing just because Isaac Wilson committed, but this was the first possibility of it's like, man, there's all these talented players at this one high school. That's not even 30 minutes away from where we play our games. It being that being Utah football, like it'd be great if we could get them all to come up there. And you have, and that of course started with Isaac Wilson committing to come to Utah. Uh, Wilson, six foot one ninety, the four star, um, according to 24 seven sports and just an exceptional athlete. And, uh, and look at what he did this last weekend. He took on a, uh, another top prospect, in uh, Carson Sui Sui, 
and who's going to be commit, who's going to be going to BYU. And Wilson was just remarkable in the season opening game. According to KSL.com, he unofficially went for in this high school game against a good Granger team, 5A versus 6A. So Corner Canyon, clearly the more talented roster, but Granger should be one of the five best teams in the 5A classification and uh, much better than Corner Canyon made them look. It's just that's how good Corner Canyon is. Uh, this is what Corner Canyon and Wilson did. They went, he went 17 of 25 for 470 yards unofficially, zero turnovers. Um, added four touchdown passes, one rushing score. And uh, yeah, I mean, Wilson just absolutely dominated the competition. Uh, pinpoint accuracy, the ability to make throws on the move, uh, just everything that makes Isaac Wilson special was on display in this game. And it's so great that he, Garcia, and Dylan are all going to be coming to Utah. Um, we've talked so much about what Wilson can bring, right? Just in terms of the escapability, just being able to run it as well. Um, the dynamic arm strength, the different arm angles, off-platform throws, pocket mobility, uh, downfield accuracy, accuracy at each field level, a good feel for the pocket, knows when to step up, just uh, scramble, all those kind of things. I'm a huge fan of Wilson, and I know he turned the ball over 16 times last year, wasn't it? But he's also only a junior, and last I checked, he everyone makes mistakes in their high school football career, right? Like I, I know quarterbacks at every level at one point or another turn it over, and he wasn't going to be recruited or ranked as highly as he was just based off of what he did his junior year. You're projecting what he could be. And he's already showing that in the first game of his senior season. I think Corner Canyon is just going to shred the competition this season. I think Wilson is just going to be exceptional in what they're going to do. And Wilson's going to look unreal. I think he was a top 15 ranked player in the class of 24. And I just overall, obviously, the top quarterback in Utah. I think he could climb to even higher than that. I think he can get in the top 10 based on the type of season he's going to have because he's that exceptional player. He's set up in a great offense to succeed. And, um, Excited to see him go to work because, like I said, he is a he's a special talent. So it was great to see that first glimpse. And uh, just in general, if you guys want to see these future Utes in action, check out some of Corner Canyon's game where you're going to get to see Dylan Garcia and Wilson all playing together. And uh, it's a special sight to behold because uh, some just exceptionally talented players playing together on one roster. And it's uh, it's great that they're all going to be Utes. I mean, three of the top six players in the class of 24 are going are committed to Utah. It's going to be four soon, right? With the bountiful defensive back. Um, highly 100% crystal ball to Utah right now, probably going to end up there as well. So always a great time to be a Ute, especially on the recruiting trail. And uh, yeah, great that Dylan Garcia and Wilson are all going to be part of the 24 class and playing with the Utah football team here in the very near future. We are going to talk about Graham Mertz being named the starter against the Florida Gators. But first want to talk to you guys about our friends at UCCU. Learn and earn. The UCCU mobile banking app that pays your entire family to learn about money. Kids look to parents to become financially literate. Parents don't always know the answers. Learn and Earn breaks down the financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and tri trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that occur and can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and more. There is age-appropriate content for every member of the family who can compete against each other and track their progress on leaderboards. Learn and Earn is inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so play it anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn, and the more you learn, the more you earn. Learn and Earn, part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. UCCU, love where you Alrighty, final topic for our Monday show today is going to be talking about Graham Mertz being officially named as the Florida Gators starting quarterback. This is all we expected to be. Um, there's look Braxton Miller, I think the quarterback's name, who was in the running for this at one point. I don't think he's played any major snaps in college. I mean, maybe gotten in. Like, I don't think he's, I should say, played snaps. I don't think he's ever started. 
And the other guy who was in the running, like there was some other quarterback, I think that popped up in this race late. Um, he wasn't what we always thought it was going to be Graham Mertz, right? A three or two or three year starter at Wisconsin who had moments where it looked really good, but for overall, just disappointed. I, I'm someone who I've a little bit, I just, I have some former ties to the Wisconsin Badgers program. So I've always someone who's watched and checked in and kind of rooted on their success in the past. And Graham Mertz was not the best for them, obviously. Now, I know we had Brandon Olson on not long ago, and he talked about how he offensively, he was not put in position to succeed always. And I think some of that is true. But at the end of the day, this is a fact. He had a 10 turnovers, 10 interception season, and an 11 interception season. And that was with a team that ran the ball very well in Wisconsin, too. So Florida should run the ball very well. Uh, Ricky Purcell is a very Purcell is a very good receiver that they have. I know I'm not going to do this whole thing again, where it's like, oh, scary this or this scary that. We we beat that conversation to death last week. Honestly, you guys, I know most of us just the Florida Gators fans coming at me in general, but uh, Florida has some fine receivers. Um, or I said below average. I would still stick to that because once again, just when you haven't produced project like heading into the season, if you're ranking receiving cores, their receiving core would be below average overall. But anyways, so with Graham Mertz, he does not scare me at all. In fact, I just think this is the kind of game where he will throw at least one interception. He could throw two as well. So really hostile environment, Rice Eccles Stadium. Yes, he's played in some ruckus Big Ten environments, but the season opener is always your first dip back into the water that is college football. And uh, it's, it's not a kiddie pool. Uh, college football, especially playing a Utah level defense, that's diving straight to the deep end and not just a normal deep end. That's like the deep end of the ocean where you got sharks and everything coming at you. A fierce pass rush, big hulking defensive tackles, quick edge rushers, elite linebacker play, quick defensive backs to ball hawking safeties. I could easily, like if I had to predict right now, I don't know why, like Sione Vaki just feels like he's going to get an interception on Graham Mertz. It just like feels right coming out of my mouth. And uh, once again, I think Graham Mertz is a fine college football quarterback. He's done some really good things for Wisconsin, but overall he came up short with them in some big games. He's struggled on the road throughout his career in moments as well. Just struggled in big moments. He's a guy who's turned the ball over in spots. So, and just missed throws, made poor decisions and plays like that. Could he be good for the Gators this year? Possibly. Is he going to have his best game the first game? I don't think so. So I don't think, and I think it's going to take that to beat a Utah team that is more talented than this Florida Gators team in terms of college talent for what they are right now. I know Florida Gators recruiting classes and all that are more talented and everything like that, but there's a reason that every college football ranking you are going to see has Utah listed higher than Florida. Utah has the better roster for what they are right now. Yes, Florida has potential this, potential that, but I've seen, I know what Utah is. I don't need to project what these four and five-star receivers could be or what this and that could be. I just know and feel better about what Utah is overall because it's a team that's back-to-back Pac-12 champions versus Florida as a team the last time we saw them, be it fair or not, because it was a bowl game, got absolutely steamrolled by Oregon State. I think it was like 30-3 to or something like that. So no, Graham Mertz doesn't scare me. I think he's a fine quarter college quarterback, but I don't think he's going to come into Rice Eccles and light the world on fire. I think he's going to turn the ball over, and I think Utah is going to be able to win this game. So it's not surprising he was named the starting quarterback, and I think Utah should be fired up about playing him because I think when you watch his Wisconsin tape, you can just see the opportunity to take balls and take passes away, especially if you can affect him in a loud, crazy environment when, once again, you're just getting back into it, your first game of the season, new teammate, new teammates, new environment. That's just a very hard – Rice Eccles Stadium is a very hard environment to come into when it's your first game, and also – a rabid fan base that hasn't been able to let loose in a football environment since the Rose Bowl, which was all the way back in January. So I feel very good about Utah's chances of besting Graham Mertz and Florida Gators still and them naming their starting quarterback 
doesn't change that to me overall. So that's going to do it for today's edition of Locked on Utes. We appreciate all of you for listening. We'll be back with more Utah football content, talking more of the new stories from fall camp, previewing the season a little bit in general. Uh, lots of great stuff coming up here all week long. And uh, we are two weeks away from the time I'm recording this episode from like it being my first time recording a game week episode, which is really exciting. The season's just around the corner. Thank you guys, as always, for listening and supporting. And we will be back with you tomorrow. Have a great Monday.